two of the Race with Jason podcast. Jason Carter along with Steve McCullum. Afternoon, evening. Back. Back. My friend, back from yes. vacation as we did take uh, the last month or so off. I uh, had some family stuff going on, vacations here and there, uh, traveling all over the world. Uh, you actually went and saw a race on vacation, <laughs> which is something that you thought I would do. <laughs> um, but no, it was you. But hey, I was looking for racetracks. They just got rained out over in the... Uh, Missouri, Arkansas yeah. area. It was funny because I wasn't going to post that I was going. It, it was a total accident too. That why we why we were there. I mean, we just got stuck in traffic in LA, and we were tired, been in the car all day, and so I knew it was running. And then RJ Johnson started sending pictures of his car over, and Ethan started seeing him. So and we were right there. So I was like, all right. It's like where are they racing? I hear motors. Look, <laughs> looked at the uh, car. Yeah, we we literally checked in a hotel like five miles away. So I checked the car count to see what the car count was, make sure it wasn't going to go too late. And, you know, it was nice being out. It was nice being out at 930, 10 at the latest. And it, I got they stretched it. They gave candy out and stuff. So, yeah. A but nice sitting in the stands, right? You didn't. Yeah, no. Passes I, or anything. No. You just literally like, I'm just going to sit in the stands. Fifteen dollars. Yeah. Here you go. Paris, I love you. It was 35 for me or 25 for me and five for each kid. Oh, nice. For the stands. Nice. But with the car, I'm like, I'm not paying 50 bucks. For everybody, so 150 bucks to sit in the pits, right? You know, my kids have been in the pits enough, and and all that, and you know, I, I was like, you know what, let's go experience it, you know, as fans, and it, it was actually pretty neat because you know, people that were sitting in front of us, it wasn't a big crowd by any stretch. It was uh, USAC, uh, CRA, uh, and Southwest, a dual whatever they call it, dual uh, sanctioned, Duking it out there, yeah, dual whatever. sanctioned. Um, you know, not a lot of cars. There was no, you know, the junior and senior. Guys that go before him there at Paris were there, but Junior had one car, so they just ran with the seniors. So they did a two cars crashed, and one car crashed in uh, hot laps, and one car crashed at qualifying. So it's two sprints, so no B main even for the for the sprint cars and and all that. But um, that was a race uh, Stevie put on a show, right? Yeah. From oh yeah. Back to third. Yeah. Whew. His car. He didn't. His car was obviously misfiring. It ended up being a spark plug boot. Um, but I mean, he he couldn't get out for qualifying. He couldn't get out for heats. He kept trying. Just kept pulling it in. Um, went down there when they grinned out the candy, you know, before the main and was like, what's up? He's like, spark plug boot. We got it fixed, you know, whatever. So ended up going last with no driving at all at night, you know, and shows up and finished third. Almost caught RJ in second. Um, RJ's car just got tight on him. Uh, uh, the demon kind of ran away with that. RJ, RJ stuck with him, staying down low, and that wasn't the right track, but he couldn't. RJ couldn't go anywhere else. Stevie, Stevie almost caught RJ there, just ran out of a lap short there. Uh, it's funny. I w we went down afterwards, obviously, and I uh, walked up to Stevie and I said, uh, man, it's amazing what happens when, you're, when your car actually runs right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang. It's a string of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, you could tell. I mean, every time he pulled on the track, you could hear it, you know, and I mean, he just instantly pulled it back in. So, um, you know, and I, I'm not a mechanic, so I don't want to be critical or nothing, but, you know, it seems like, it seems like that should be easy to diagnose, right? Like, cause I can tell when my car misfires, right? Yeah, I don't know. But it's, don't all, know. But it's also what about the drivers telling you too? If he's like, I don't know, it's doing this, doing that, you know, like you could hear it though. Like he went by one time by himself and like, you could hear it was misfiring, right. you know, like even I, you know, like I said, I'm no mechanic. And even I was like, yeah, he's something's wrong with the spark plug there or something's happening with it because it's popping or whatnot. But no, I mean, it, that made it an exciting night right there. Like you said, RJ, who, you know, Gestalt Productions is a proud sponsor of him and um, it was good up there and it was a competitive race. My kids were going crazy. The fans, like I said, it, the amazing thing is because I, I never sit in the stands and these fans were into it. People that sat around us were all talkative and, uh, you know, everybody. And then 
Ethan let it slip what what we do, you know, and everything. So then the conversation became that, and uh, it was kind of nice. I, I told some of them that live there, I was like, hey, come down and meet the drivers, you know. Like they started rooting for RJ because my kids were rooting for RJ. Oh, and nice. So you know, the guy had his daughter with him, and I was like, come, you can come down the track now and and everything. So they Get went some down more to YouTube the, subscribers, the pits and everything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a challenge. Uh, <laughs> hey, up to two seventy one. I know, right? Um, it's it's like older people don't have YouTube subscriptions. It's all the younger people, but they but they watch YouTube. I know, so you can watch <laughs> it without a thing. They just don't want to so. put their email and stuff in there. Yeah, <laughs> jerks. Um, so it was really neat sitting there. You know, it was an early night, and we were worn out for being gone for a week and a half. But uh, when I posted that I went on there, I literally my first thought was when I said I was there was. I'm going to get so much crap from somebody about this. <laughs> and sure enough, I get a text. <laughs> Steve at a track on vacation. <laughs> right. I got to drag you out 15 minutes down the road to go to ET over here. Um, I mean, you know, it, well, I mean, there was other reasons I wanted to go, right. uh, you know, beginning of Indiana Sprint Week. And so I didn't see any of those guys that I wanted to see. But um, Par- Paris is one of my favorite tracks for, for a guy that hasn't been to a lot of dirt tracks throughout the country for that stuff. I mean, I really enjoy watching them run there. Um, it's just the way the layout is. Uh, I always hear their house or sound system. I always hear good things about their good. system. Can you hear it? Like yes. when you're sitting in the stands? Yeah. Like when the cars are going in front of you, you can hear the guy talking. All right. Unlike the tracks that, you know, we're talking about right. where cars down tracks the front stretch and you cannot hear a word an announcer is saying at all. So come on guys, invest in your sound systems out but there for me. You got to remember though, these are, you know, that's a state fair fairgrounds. So it's a completely different setup there. It's, it's yep. made for big events like that and they've invested in it. And I mean, they're huge speakers right there, but you're also basically sitting right next to the fence too. You got to right. remember that like out here, you know, a lot of the tracks have the buffer between the, the track and then where the sand i mean you walk down those front steps and you're walking onto the uh right. the thing there so i mean there's a lot of differences um one thing i i looked to see if venture was running because we were you know we were stuck in la traffic that's why we ended up at paris but i was looking to see a venture because i like to see that's right on the ocean right there right. yeah i'd always so, go race there so i was like right here might as well look into it but um you know we just ended up at paris it was a sh- it was just a sham that we got there what it wasn't on my plans jason well, either way, still a good night of racing. I uh, had a great night of racing this past weekend. Uh, USA Raceway. Uh, we had two tracks running this weekend. Us uh, down at USA Raceway. We were there. And then Canyon Speedway Park ran as well. They took the tops off. They went topless this How weekend. How many cars ended up going? I didn't see. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you know here in just oh. a minute. Let me run down through here and uh, let you know what we had. Uh, so USA yeah. Raceway first. I get excited when somebody says topless. So uh, Chaz Baca Jr. won the uh, Modified Man at USA Raceway, pocketed an extra $500. Uh, congratulations to Chaz. Uh, he's, the uh, car count wasn't great. Not going to lie. It wasn't great. So we had to fill in some time with the dash with uh, two sport mods and two modifieds. That, that was fun, though. Chaz won the 200 there and then uh, said, hey, you can take this 200 or we'll give you an extra 400 start in the back. I mean, it was a 14 car main event they had, 13 cars, something like that. So he opted to start in the back. And his dad didn't want him to do it, but the no. fans were going to boo him. I, I talked him into it. I convinced him. <laughs> yeah. four. I mean, what? Four cars went out in that first yeah. lap. And I don't the think, yeah, first two. lap. He yeah. was able to navigate no, that, his way through a wreck. And that was what that was, helped out. That was what was fun about that was it was so obvious. Because I was on the flag stand at that point working on some video stuff. I mean, it was so obvious Chaz wanted to go for the He's extra like, money. Eh. His but dad's his like, dad's dude, like, you gotta, you know, I, yeah, at one point I tried capturing it. If you follow Gestalt production, I tried capturing it. 
um, for Facebook to kind of promote it a little bit. But his dad was like, you got to remember the squirrels in that thing, you know, and you could obviously tell dad was no, Chaz was yes. <laughs> it was like, it was this battle. And then you're right. The crowd was, you know, kind of was going to boo him if yeah. he took the money. And then after he decided that, uh, another fan came up and talked to me and said, hey, I'll give him an extra hundred if he wins. So he ended up getting another 500. So he, yes. he won half the, pu- the purse right there. So <laughs> yeah, not a bad night. And there was no guarantee he was uh, going to win that main. No, I need that late race caution to help him out. So Kelsey, it'll sneak by Kelsey Foley, who was battling some gremlins in that hot rod. Uh, Bo Partain won the sport mod race. Uh, Stephen Bickford, man, probably the race of the night. Uh, little three car Hornet race. Yeah, you know, that is that was the race of the night. The best three car race you will ever see in your life. So to add some excitement, um, I mean, Tim Olds, obviously one of those drivers who He's been pretty good in the Hornet. He can, you know, drive away from those guys. I feel like he, he did it in the heat yeah. race. Um, he's the best driver in the Hornets right now. And you know, yes. we, you know, like, hey man, put on a show for these guys. And he did. So the first ten laps was, you know, standard left hand turns. Then we turned him around, threw a caution out, and uh, stage two, I guess you can say, was ran uh, with right hand turns. He uh, took out old PJ Harrow there uh, last lap. Uh, it wasn't just a, I'm going to bump you out of the way. It was a, I'm going to drive right through you. A lot of it damage was. on Tim's car. Uh, PJ ended up getting knocked into a tire. They were <laughs> arguing out behind. Uh, since PJ did not cross the start finish line, though, then Stephen Bickford did. Tim Olds got DQ'd. Stephen Bickford declared your main event winner. Uh, just kind of riding back, checking out the old front row seat there. Yeah, I mean, Tim was bumping him for three or four laps before. Yeah. I, I watched. Obviously, I watched that video and I cut it. It is up at Gestalt Production, the Facebook page. YouTube, check it out. Absolutely. It will be on gestaltproduction.com uh, later on this evening. Yes. And um, I mean, it is the race to watch. He was bumping him the whole time. Um, my, I watched it from the flag stand because I was trying to get some other footage that didn't turn out. My opinion on that, I'll just say what Tim says here. Tim puts out on his Facebook page after watching the video that we put out. He goes, we put on an awesome show that night, and after watching the video, I can clearly say I did not make him hit that tire and will not apologize for being aggressive. See you all on August 17th. And I will say, without doing anything, was Tim was bumping him. Tim was literally, for three or four laps, Tim was putting his front of his car into the back of him, but he did not cause him to go into that tire. He hit him. PJ lost control. They weren't even right. into it or anything like that. So I can get it both ways. But I mean, he was definitely driving aggressively. I mean, PJ's mad because his car's destroyed. Tim's mad because he got DQ'd, and Steven's happy because he won. Right, and so that's the go. best part of it is like you know, <laughs> thirteen cars. Like what? Okay, all right, sure. <laughs> and he was just hanging back, watching him battle. So and then, but uh, it was the race of the night. Definitely check it out. And then Cody Ashcraft won the bomber main. As which was well, exciting. Which was exciting. Yeah, we uh, inverted the field. Uh, he was actually supposed to start in the start pole. last, yeah. He was going to start in the pole, but since he didn't complete his heat race, uh, started dead last and uh, raced his way up through the field. Yeah, so, if, you, uh, if you watch the heats there, you get to see his tire fall off early then, on in yeah. that. So, and then, then again, last to first, another exciting race. And then over at Canyon Speedway Park, they had the SWDRA late models. You know, Jason, ba- Jason Babiak and crew were out there. Uh, John Cornell. Last year's champion won the uh, race in number 28 car over his teammate Craig Parker in the 48. Steve Stoltz, uh, the more recent winner for the late models out here at Arizona Speedway, got third uh, over in the IMCA modified ranks. It was Jason Knoll racing Jason Knoll with the win over John Parmalee and Kenny Gill. I did want to give a shout out to Guy Norton. Uh, Guy picked up a brand new hot rod from Oklahoma. Uh, this past week, uh, drove it out, said the car a lot of speed, had a mechanical issue, though, during the main event, finished 15th, but... Um, yeah, he did not work on it at all. Right? They're happy he, with uh, how, how the car is running out of the box. So Yeah, he pulled up and just started running it, right? Yep, yeah. so I hope uh, that's uh, good news 
towards the end of the year with uh, Guy Norton because I know it's been a, a strain on him this season. Uh, George Fransman won the stock car main event out at Canyon Speedway. And over in the uh, IMSA Hobby Stocks, it was Joe Vlasti in 68V picking up the win. And they also ran with the Sport Compacts as well. Robert Cody, number 34, won that main event. And, and Oh, no, they also had the micro sprints. Holy yeah, cow, how many say, divisions yeah, they have? I was going to say they had <laughs> micro sprints. Keep going down here. Uh, Jackson Wellman, Wellman, 19W, took uh, the micro sprint main event. And they yeah. had, um, they were kind of cross promoting with uh, a tracking Cortez. Some of the drivers, yeah, Cortez, Colorado, there. yeah, a couple of the guys. And so some of those drivers came down here, and I'm not sure which ones they are, but from all intents and purposes, they enjoyed coming down here, and except for the heat, from what from what I was reading, yeah. <laughs> so big temperature difference between the two. So Canyon Speedway, they're going to be dark uh, coming up. Uh, the big stock car shootout well, Labor Day weekend. How many cars were topless? I don't know. Oh, I didn't get the final I thought you said you were going to do that. The top. Oh, no, I just knew how many cars were there. Oh, okay. I don't know if they all took them off or not. I saw the pictures, though. They all look good. I don't know. I, I think the topless racing just looks weird. I, I, I'm I, not going to lie to you. I don't understand it, but it, yeah. it's a big deal. They enjoy it. So <laughs> It's hot, so take the top off. Yeah, it's still hot. It's well, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, you can see the drivers working their cars. I guess that's yeah. the benefit, right, is you can actually see them driving. I think it looks weird on a modified. I don't, I don't, I'm not disagreeing. But they're dark until uh, Labor Day weekend. Got the big stock car shootout going to happen. Is a little two-day show. That the August 31st? Yep, one? and September 1st. Uh, Central Arizona people also doing a uh, two-day show that weekend as well. USA Raceway, we did change dates uh, August 17th. Uh, you look at this raceusa.net. Uh, it still does have the August 10th deal on there for 7 p.m. It is actually going to be August 17th with the modified Sport Mod Stock Cars and Hornets. And then uh, right back to your regular scheduled programming in Arizona Speedway starting up pretty soon as well. Coming up. So Canyon and Central Arizona, two-day weekend, two-day shows on both the weekend, uh, same weekend, huh? Yep, and I think we have a race the weekend prior on the 24th, yes. correct? So yes. yeah, we're Yeah, and then we're dark and then that we're, weekend. Yeah, so. and then we come back uh, ready to rip and roaring heavy in uh, September. So Yeah, have to see which track we're going to go to. Getting ready to... Uh, do it to it so yeah i guess yeah we're off labor day weekend huh what are we yeah. gonna do go to, go to, go to one of the two day shows or both know. two day shows <laughs> darlington could be called my name throwback weekend oh there you go what you thinking what you thinking yeah, there you go throwback all right i'll send out some feelings we'll see if we can get uh, we do a very awesome show today uh got a guest today gonna be blake anderson he is the announcer for the all-star circuit champion sprint cars uh had a fun weekend this weekend out at eldora for the king's royal $175,000 to win brad sweet won that over in eldora uh blake i've known for about five years now, I think. Uh, first time we worked together, uh, call, we called a few races out here in Arizona. Always a great guy to uh, call with. Big sports fan, big um, Bostonian, I guess you can say, fan, except for uh, grew up in Iowa. So it was a big team in Iowa, is uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Of course, he's always talking about Hawkeye football and whatnot on his uh, Twitter and all that stuff. So excited to have Blake on the podcast, which you can hear coming up next. Looking for a new podcast to listen to? Look no further than GestaltProduction.com. All you got to do is visit the website, click the podcast tab, and find one that fits you. Gestalt Production is also looking to help those who want their voice heard. Email them at info at GestaltProduction.com to find out more. How's uh, the Hawkeyes looking this year? It's a promise. It should be good, but anytime I get my hopes up for Iowa football, I seem to get my soul crushed, so I stay... Uh, anymore, I try to stay cautious, cautiously optimistic. 
See, Here's a good way to put my fandom with them going into football season. That's what me and Steve were just talking about because my f- fandom with all my sports teams has always been optimist. You know, we're going to win the championship this year. World Series are bust, and it's just like a letdown. So yeah, I just uh, I've lowered the expectations, and if they outperform like this year, the uh, my Rangers outperformed in yep. the first half, and I was like, you know what, pretty exciting. And now Absolutely. they're back to where they should be, and I'm like, you know what, that's where they should have been. That's where I expected them. Yeah, that's kind of. Iowa has a t- really tough schedule this year. I think we have six of our 12 teams that are ranked in the preseason. So I, I've kind of said, you know what, if we can win, we should win. What do you think of uh, the Northwestern coach? <laughs> Big Ten Day. Think, was it Big Ten Media I Day think, ta- yeah. attacking the yeah. cell phone yeah. usage? Yeah. I think that's the lazy excuse. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I get cell phones are big, but it's it's kind of the point where, you know, it's getting expensive. And you figure you take a family of four to a college football game, and it's going to be four or 500 bucks by the time you buy tickets. By parking in most places, by parking and uh, it get food at the stadium. I think that's just a lazy excuse, honestly. So I feel like we get a lot of that too in the racing world as well. With you know all the different programs are out there, you know, for on-demand type uh, products and stuff. And I feel like you know promoters, they're like the big thing. Oh, they're taking money on my front gate. And like you know, we kind of see the other side of it too because I mean, we work with the people and we work with promoters, and it's like, oh my gosh, we're like the middleman. What are your thoughts like? does that help or hurt? You know, I mean, I think you guys got a good deal of speed shift going on. Right. And I've done races with Chet where, you know, there's been guys that come out and like, Hey, I saw practice last night. One come out to the race and they're there. They're not watching on speed shift. They're actually there at the track. Like I think I had somebody come in from like Syracuse last year to the Western world. Yeah. I am 100% in the corner that pay-per-view racing enhances our product. It makes it better. There's so many people that see it and like, man, I got to get to that racetrack. I feel like race fans are pretty hardy people. And if they can make it to a racetrack, they're going to make it. So, I can. I mean, I sit here and think Kings Royal this weekend. Kings Royal was live on pay per view as it has been the last couple of years in the Dirt Vision Fast Pass. So, people that have spent 40 bucks got the entire month plus Kings Royal included. It was 100 degrees out, it was hotter than Haiti, and we had a record crowd. So, I thought, you know, if there's any year that people are going to stay back home and say, ah, I'll watch on Dirt Vision, this is a year, and we had a record crowd. So, I think that killed that that myth i feel like that's another one which it's the easy excuse to just blame that it's a lazy excuse i mean we see so many promoters anymore that don't really haven't adapted how they promote to 2019 they still promote like they did in 1995 and you just can't do that we're just gonna set out some flyers and hope they come (laughs) exactly exactly look how many of these racetracks don't utilize social media i mean that's free advertising oh yeah and they just would rather say oh well we tried they didn't show up we raised the purse well was your, were you effective on Twitter? Did you spend Did you spend advertising money on Facebook to promote the event? Well, no. Well, there you go. You know, put a hundred dollars on a Facebook spend to promote your event rather than spending thousands the way you used to. And I think you'll find it's more effective. I didn't. I had an argument with a video guy from another state the other night regarding this. So, do you feel that's the case? Like the national shows, I agree with you guys on that. But the local shows. Um, you know, I, I would I tend to disagree with you on that. What's your thought between that? I mean, do you think that same philosophy will be good for just a standard Saturday night race at, you know, whatever racetrack where it's just it's not the known guys, you know, it's it's less, you know, it's smaller guys that are just getting their starts and things like that. Do you think that same philosophy ha- would work out or do you think kind of have to promote those a little bit differently? I think you have to promote a little differently, but I feel like it's at least in the same guidelines, same parameters of on the local level. I mean, I've seen it affect tracks back home in Iowa in a positive way. It's, I mean, it goes down to blind, down to, you, you have to figure out how can we make our product something that our race fans feel like, man, I have to be 
at track XYZ on Saturday night. I cannot miss the races on Saturday night. And I think a lot of it boils down to, too, some of these racetracks you go to, they waste so much time and their programs are so inefficient. And that really stands out to me because that's my biggest pet peeve. I hate an inefficient program. Get your fans in and out of there in three hours. And I think you'll create superstars because race fans can get to the pit area and they feel like, you know what, you, they got me out of there in a decent time. And if your prices aren't bad either, that's another big thing. You know, don't make it feel like you have to suck every dollar over the race. You know, they, can feel like they can come there, have a good time at a pretty decent price and feel like they spent less than say, if they go to the movies or something like that. I like it. Well, that wasn't what we wanted to start off with, but it was just kind of it, it's been <laughs> worked out <laughs> going on. We've been talking about it uh, on Facebook, or with some people and whatnot, and I know you you deal with it too. So <laughs> absolutely, it's a it's certainly a hot topic in our sport. There's no doubt about oh, yeah. that because it's 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 changed our sport, especially I the different in markets. I feel like this absolutely. year. I mean, you've seen you know how like Dirt Vision and Speed Shift they've changed up kind of how they do their monthlies now with Flow Racing kind of coming in and say, hey, we're going to give you this flat rate for all these races. Like, holy cow, what? And then they yeah, just Dirt Vision changed the game last year with that when they rolled out the $40 fast pass that changed the whole model so ever expanding but currently right now blake you are the announcer you're a first announcer to have on outside of me i guess oh, you can say I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> i'm gonna start this announcer thing i want to see how many announcers i can get on the yeah. podcast for the summer months but uh announcing <laughs> the all-star circuit of champions um first off well before we get into that uh where'd you get started at man how the the career progression start for blake anderson it's a long, winding road, that's for sure. It started in 2005, I was 15, and Boone Speedway in Iowa, where the IMCA Supernationals are, is a racetrack I grew up going to every week. My dad's from Boone. He was there. He started going to Boone in 1967 when the racetrack opened, so that's always been his home track. But we always went there on Saturday night. We had an announcing opening, and I was calling some baseball games back home. Like we grew up about an hour away from Boone, and my dad made me do it. I hated it. Hated every minute of announcing. I did not like it. But apparently I didn't do terrible because they asked me to come back the next year. So I announced at Boone for three years. The first two years, I just called front-wheel drive, the four-cylinders, and dwarf cars. So, I mean, that's, that was my weekly grind. Every week was calling those. And every once in a while, I get to say call a stock car heat race or a hobby stock heat race. But pretty much stayed in my lane. And then 2008, one announcer left. So there was down to two of us announcers. And I got to call the whole night with the other announcer, Toby Cruz, who, in my opinion, is one of the top announcers in the country. He doesn't announce much anymore. But... He is fantastic, so I learned a lot from him, and I think I got a lot after his announcing. So I announced there through 2008, in the fall of 2008, Knoxville had an opening and went down and interviewed with Brian Stickle and Kathy and ended up getting the job. So 2009, I started at Knoxville Raceway and announced there for two years. And 2011, I announced for USAC, so I moved to Indy and interned, started at USAC and called the USAC National Schedule with the Midget Sprints and Silver Crown Cars and then I got back to college in 2012 and found it out, shoot, I need one more internship to graduate. So the next summer, I went back to Knoxville and announced there in 2012. And summer of 2012, I interned at the NBC affiliate in Des Moines. And then uh, ended up graduating from the University of Northern Iowa in 2013 and started the season at Knoxville. And June of 2013, my parents said, you want to work in racing? We're moving you to North Carolina. So I moved to North Carolina, looked for a job, looked for a job, looked for a job. A year in, I got a job working in the office at World Racing Group, doing marketing stuff for the Outlaws, whether they're either late models or the the sprint cars, and working with Super Dirt Car. And in 2000, spring of 2015, I got a call from Roger Slack saying that runs Eldora. He's always been a mentor of mine and really a guy that's been huge for me and opening doors and letting me meet people. But uh, Roger called and said, "Hey, Tony, about the All Stars, they need a guy to do the announcing and marketing. Would you?" Be interested in interviewing for it. I really think this is something you need to do. And interview for it, got the job, and here we are, five seasons later. Is we're 
There's enough for here in 2019 with the All-Stars. That's a, a long roundabout way of the quick route, I suppose, of how we got where we are. So that's like a 14-year career for a 29-year-old. Yeah, it's <laughs> been crazy. I mean, I think like back to 2008 and 2009, right after graduated high school, my parents moved in 2008. They moved all the way. So 2008 to 2010, I lived at school, and I just announced every single race I could all over the state of Iowa, modified stock cars, sprint cars, 305s, didn't matter. If it was a race and I could get there, I announced it. So you weren't a fan of announcing, like, to begin with? Like, were you, like, a race fan? Like, did you understand what was going on or what? Yeah, we went to the races every Saturday night. We went to Knoxville a couple times a year, but if Boone would hang out, we'd maybe go down to Knoxville or we'd get down to a night or two at Nationals. But I was just a race fan. I loved going to the races. Back then, would you say you were more of a modified guy over a sprint car? Oh, absolutely. I was a... All modifieds and late models all the time through to the, until I got my Knoxville job. And once I got the Knoxville job, it's like, holy cow, these sprint cars are in my blood. Like, this is oh, yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I always followed the sprint cars because Knoxville was 20 minutes away. So right. I, I always followed the, stock, the sprint cars and followed the outlaws pretty closely. But in 2009, the game changed. So the reason I want to have you on this week, I mean, coming off the King's Royal, a lot of people were like pimping you out, man. Like there were so many tweets I just saw like, oh, Blake Harrison did so good, you know, with Johnny Gibson and Blake Harrison this, Blake Harrison that. I was like, I didn't watch the broadcast, so I don't know how you did or what you did this weekend that stands out. But uh, of course, announcing is always kind of an ever progressing type thing where you're always trying to change up some stuff. Did you change anything this weekend? Do anything different or what? I honestly, I don't feel like I did much different. I think I, I do a little bit more prep work, but I don't feel like I did a ton. I mean, I still did a couple hours at the hotel every night and then would finish doing that and get up in the morning and do a couple more hours. So I felt like I kind of did my normal announcing prep work for Kings Royal. It just so happened that I think I got to showcase what all that prep work did a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, I know we've done a few races together and stuff. I actually got a funny story. First race that me and Blake ever did together, I don't know if Steve, I think Steve was there. I don't know if he was, he wasn't filming, obviously, but I think you were there with Mike Martin. It was yeah. the Copper World at Canyon. Yeah. I 2014? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, I yep, it was 2014. We did the Friday night. Saturday got rained out um, yes. out was, of Canyon. I was there that year, yeah. So, you know, when you're in the announce booth, you're really not sure what all is getting said just outside the announce booth or what people are hearing. Like, you're saying what you're saying, and you hope people hear what they hear, whatever. Um, so we were working together. It was our first time we ever worked together. So like, all right, how you want to do this? You want to trade laps? Like, yeah, that sounds good. You can trade laps, do this, do that, whatever. Cool thing. So, you know, immediately, you know, it was kind of like MRN, PRN type style where I would stop, Blake would take over. Or Blake would stop, he would take over. Well, my cousin was there with me that weekend, uh, just visiting because, you know, spring training, the home of uh, all these spring training games is in Arizona. And he was there for a spring training trip. So like, Hey, we got to the races too. And NASCAR was in town that weekend. So we did the whole shabam and we were, I was talking to them. He's like, man, yeah, man, that was so awesome. This is their first time to hear me announce. Like, yeah, man, you sound so awesome. He's like the other guy, man, he kept saying your name. I was like, what are you talking about? He kept saying my name. So I went back and like rewatched it. And Blake would always be like, and they're going to turn four, Jason. <laughs> like, like set me up and i never even like heard it until i went back and watched it i was like oh yeah i did say jason a lot but they kept saying it was like oh look that's going on over there jason i was like what <laughs> and they're like kind of doggy on that i don't uh i try to do that and set guys up i don't get to announce as much with guys anymore but uh, i missed that that was so much fun working with you i wish i could get back out there and, and do some more arizona races you never know i mean it's cool out there the racing seems different but 
I had a blast working with you. I think we were, we did like six or eight races together there for 2014 and 15. Yeah, we did the um, world and Western world and the Western world was a lot of fun. I remember my, my funniest thing in the Western world is you were fixated on the flagger during one of the heat races or qualifying races. Oh man. And you Crazy. were just looking at that flagger and I kept like, you know, for like, you know, I do, I did my lap and get it to you and it's just quiet. So I picked up another lap you know, stop. And you're just sitting there. I was like, what the heck is he doing? I was like, is the mic not working? And you're just looking at the flagger. And you're like, sorry, I was, I was just there at the flagger, man. That was, uh, I remember the flagman was just crazy though. Like entertaining. I love that. I feel like they're part of the show and they should be entertaining, but, uh, you don't get to see that very often where you have a guy that is truly a showman with sticks per se. Oh yeah. Just twirling the flags around. I mean, no, he, he was a great flagger. I don't know too much what happened to him. I was going to say, what happened to him? I don't know. <laughs> I remember who it is, but uh, not willing to say just based off his Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think he's going down the uh, the right path here lately. So maybe he listens. I don't know. <laughs> keep it, keep it quiet. So that's unfortunate and sad. But uh, anyways, uh, so you moved out to North Carolina. Where do you reside at now? You still at North Carolina or? No, I live in Indianapolis now. I'm at the at TSR right now. That's where my office is every day at Tony Stewart Racing. So that's my my daily job is here at the shop and do some of our marketing stuff, some of the website stuff, and then get a lot of Tony's merchandise shipped out. But that's uh, pretty much my daily schedule is getting our stuff shipped out and uh, maintaining all my all-star stuff. And then, you know, obviously all the prep work. You there? Oh, they're losing. Tony, cut the mic. There he is. You got kind of static. Getting getting stuff done. You there? <laughs> yep, got me. Sorry, we, we lost you there for <laughs> ten seconds. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, so I mean, I'm here at TSR, and that's kind of my daily my daily grind is uh, getting my prep work done and making sure we have all his merchandise shipped out and ready to go for for the upcoming week. And uh, Aaron that does his merchandise gets the merchandise trailer taken care of, and I try to do my best to get the online stuff taken care of. How cool of a boss is Tony Stewart? Is he is he a cool boss? Bad boss? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's great. Has he yelled at you? Any? Oh, he, he'll yell at me. Yeah, jokingly most of the time, but every once in a while he gets on my butt. But uh, yeah, he's great. He takes good care of you, and he's a fun guy to work for. Have you had any moments where you're like, "Oh man, sorry, boss, I didn't mean to screw that up." Oh yeah, I think we all have. I can't think of any that stick out, but that was going to be my question was when he, when you know when he owns the track and he works on the track you know you have to be careful what you say you know regarding the track and, and, and like during the race you know you, you you can't say it's turned into a single file fast or anything because he'll get upset about it yeah that's a it's certainly an interesting dynamic with him especially over at eldora <laughs> and it's even more interesting at eldora when the all-stars are racing there at his track and he's racing so he owns the race track he owns the series and he's racing his sprint car Try not to show uh, any uh, <laughs> any favorites, right? He's, he's pretty good with us, though, about, hey, when I'm racing, I'm racing. That uh, You'd be harder on me than the 23 other guys in the field. And right. I even think I jump to start, then I jump to start. And when he puts that race suit on, he checks out from pretty much everything else. See, that's like the hardest part, I think, for me, being an announcer and being up. And so, like, now I'm at Arizona Speedway and up in our booth. We're literally right by the race director. Yes, that's what I was going to say. And this is like, so for me, the hardest part is not saying something that's going to, you know, piss him off because if he's like, oh, so-and-so jumped the star, he's like, I didn't see it. You know, I'll say I didn't see it. You know, I'll say it on the microphone, I didn't see it. Or I'll be like, oh, yeah, he jumped the star. If they do a rough driving, he's like, I don't think that was rough driving, but whatever. You make the call. I feel like to me, that's the hardest part where I'm at right now is saying stuff but not pissing off somebody up there because i mean they do get mad because i mean that's their call whether it's a judgment call or not or you know whatever 
I think like me personally, that's the hardest part about announcing where I'm at right now. What do you think is the hardest part for you? Yeah, it's, it's tough to stay in your lane sometimes. I mean, that's, uh, I, I try to do my best to stay in neutral. I think the hardest part is, is trying not to show a favorite, you know, like we obviously, we try not to have favorites, but you have guys that you root for that you're buddies with. Right. But, uh, I think that's the hardest part is not letting that show in your race call of who your friends are. Like, honestly, my buddies, I try, to, I try to avoid them more often than not of talking about where they are in the field just because of that. So I think it's trying to find that balance of being a unbiased announcer calling the race so people can watch and are saying, man, Jason's good buddies with that guy. Well, you could, you could tell. We, so, yeah, but that's at, the hard part. You know, I do, I do the videos out here at Arizona Speedway, and actually we get a lot of comments about that because, you know, we'll pick up, you know, a race official rooting for a guy or, or you know, not necessarily Jason, but at other tracks where an announcer will obviously be favoring somebody who's in the lead or second place and, and things like that. And a lot of fans actually make those comments a lot that they don't like that that happens and everything. So it, it seems to be a uh, topic. And, and a lot of the people that make the comments aren't even from here on the on the pages. You know, they just don't like to hear it. So, no, that's, that's a big deal, I guess. Uh, for fans to make sure it's on the up and up, they feel slighted if it's uh, if they feel there's a bias. So I've always felt like though, if the story is there, you tell the story. Like if there's not a story there, you're obviously not going to talk about it. Like you know, if there's a guy who's running you know top two or three who hasn't ran the top two or three all year, you're going to talk about it. But I'm not going to like fixate on him if he's my friend and he's running seventh or eighth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's a fine line, and like you said, if you got a guy that hasn't run second all year and he's up to second, then that's a storyline right there and you got to hit on that. That's, a, that's our job. So it's, it's tough. Jason, you can attest to it. it. It's tough to sometimes ignore the haters per se that you have. I've come to realize as you point out earlier, 15 years that you're going to have people that no matter how you call a race, they're not going to like it. So it, it's that line of dialing those people out. And I feel like as I've grown older, I've cared less and realizing that no matter how I call a race, this person is not going to like it. Right. Could be their favorite driver winning the Knoxville Nationals, and I, they just don't like how you sound, and it's whatever. It doesn't bother me. It's, it used to bother me. It used oh, yeah. to. It really did. Like when I started at Knoxville, I was a nervous wreck every week, and when I didn't do good, and if people got on host heads and would say it, it bothered me. It would truly eat at me. And now I can say, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't lose any sleep over it. <laughs> the way I look at it is, as long as my bosses are happy, then that's just fine. So, so what would they say? Oh, you know, that Tony's carrying the broadcast. Tony Bacco and that I announced would, would carry it. And, you know, I need to go back to modified. Because that adjustment period was tough. It was, oh, yeah. you know, at Knoxville, it was like, I, I went from announcing modifieds to announcing the fastest cars on dirt. And things just happened so quick. And I was still a pretty raw announcer at that point. I mean, when I got that job, I'd really, I'd only called modifieds for a year, pretty much. So it was... I was pretty raw and Tony Bachoven really worked with me and, and helped me out a lot in getting adjusted to sprint cars and, and how these race fans want to hear a race called and things I need to do, my cadence and things like that. And now it's kind of just uh, fine tuning things through the years as you find out, Jason, you know, it's just tweaking little things and that you can pick up from other announcers or just pick up from what the race fans want to hear. Who are some of the announcers that you look up to? <sighs> Man, huh? How many do I get? <laughs> hey, man, bring, bring them all, man. We got it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to forget some, and this is really going to bother me, but Toby uh, Cruz and Denny Graven, those are the first two guys I announced with, and they're the guys I grew up listening to. They're, 
some of the best. And there, I can still hear Denny behind me as I started going race saying, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And it drove me nuts. I hated it. I was like, what do you want me to talk about now? I'm glad they did it, especially the pay-per-view is such a big part of our business. That was before pay-per-view, and he was telling me that. So now it's like, it is key that you keep talking. So, hey, and Tony Brockovin's been huge for me. I mean, Tony was there at Knoxville and really got me rolling. Gary Van Sickle's another guy from back home that announces at Marshalltown that I'm sure you guys might be familiar with just from Marshalltown on speed shift. Gary called me a lot of places through the years to announce races, or he was announcing, and I would just get to be there and be in the pits. Uh, Johnny Gibson's been big for me. Out on the West Coast, Bobby Gerald and Troy Henning, I love listening to them and just hearing their style because it's different out there. I love listening to those guys because I feel like I can pick things up. Um, ben Shelton and Dustin Jarrett with the late models and Michael Rigsby that doesn't really announce but runs dirt on dirt. Um, those guys have been huge in helping me adapt to late models and, and calling big late model races. I mean, I get to call 15 late model races a year and I get to – that's a test. That is a test. Um, they've been big. Shane Andrews in central New York calling the big blocks is huge. Shane is awesome. And when I get to work with the big blocks, I can ask him any dumb off the wall question and he answers it and makes me feel like it was a good question. I mean, off the top of my head, those are some of the guys that have been huge for me. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure I'm missing 10 guys, but right here, right now off, off the cuff, those are some of the guys that are, have been huge for me. Dang, you didn't say my name, Steve. <laughs> well, I figured that was figured that went right in the mix, Jason. He he gave you props a little bit ago, Jason. Settle down there, Tiger. Oh, okay. What what here's my question. What is with your announcers thinking the world revolves around you? Oh wait, like that, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, not to, I tell my buddies I, I tell my buddies that I'm like, hey, if, if I get an ego, will you just punch me and knock me down? You know? No, I, to, bring me back to life. But I, I, I do feel like there's a little bit of ego that you have to have because no, like yeah. during the broadcast, I mean, you're I mean, the fans are we are the fans hear us. Like they don't hear Absolutely. from the drivers. We're trying to explain what's going on with said driver, even though we don't know. I mean we could be completely wrong. I've been completely wrong in the past. We're like, oh, he's got this issue with the car and it's not that. Or you know, he's looking at that. He's like, no, I wasn't that. It was just this bullet. I was like, all right, dude, well, I was just seeing what I saw. All right. Like obviously I'm not riding the car with you. We don't have an in-car camera. All right. We're not like NBC set up here like for it. Uh, but it's like one of those things like I feel like there's a little bit of ego because we're with the fans here. So they rely on us for the the news. You do. You have to have a little bit of an edge to you. And I've kind of learned that through the years of I'm not very good at standing my ground, and that's where I feel like I need to get better is standing my ground and putting my foot down on certain things. But uh, you're right. You do have to have a little bit of an edge to you because it's a cutthroat business, as you can attest to, Jason. There's there's a lot of announcers out there that will chop your knees off if they get a chance. So I feel like uh, you do have to have an ego. Like, if you're good, you, you have to continue. You have to stand. You have to know you're good, and you have to stand on top of your game because there's always going to be someone that will say, I'll come in, and I'll do it cheaper. So you have to be able to to justify to your bosses like, hey, this is why you pay me what you do. I think for, I mean, heck, we saw a few weeks ago, some guy came in my booth a few yeah. weeks ago saying, hey, I'm so-and-so from, where's he from, Iowa? Idaho. Idaho, he's from Idaho. He's like, yeah, I heard there's an announcer position open up here soon. I was like, what? There is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. I was. I know. I, and I don't help in those situations because I'm like, God, which one of you two are getting fired? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, and I, I used to give Jason our time because I used to be like, you know, man, the, the, the crowd can't even hear you during the races are going on. Like, you know, you can literally shut up and nobody's going to hear you. But but when you're on a broadcast, obviously, and we, we don't do anything live, you know, with what we do. Um, so, you know, but no, it is, it is great as the most important thing by far. So, you know, I, I give you guys a hard time for your egos, but I totally get it. I, I just joke around. <laughs> for, a guy, 
for a guy like Jason, I think uh, the biggest thing, like you said, the biggest thing I can recommend is keep talking because when you do get to the point where you are live, it makes life so much easier because you're just doing what you do every week rather than having to adjust like, oh, shoot, I need to be talking right now. We're live. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, especially with, I mean, our videos, we do the whole thing going on. So during the race, if there's like nothing to talk about, I mean, I'd more than happy to give a full-filled rundown and that's like one thing that Absolutely. i think it's crazy i think uh dean, dean mills actually is yes. like i don't know how you do a full-filled rundown when there's so many cars like spread out but you know exactly where they're at without you know having the telemetry right in front of me and the scoring monitors up I'm like i don't know just kind of figure out where people are at <laughs> you just get to know your that's how you know a good announcer he knows the content in front of him right there so you know the guys and that's our job, you know. I don't feel like enough people, not enough announcers, grasp that. That that's our job to know who's on the racetrack and where they are. That's why we get paid what we do, you know. So driver wise, who's been like the biggest pain in the butt to work with? Because I have mine. I'll share mine too. Yeah, Jason will blast his. <laughs> and I don't even know. There's, most of the drivers are, are pretty good with me, honestly. I mean, I think it's getting a feel of knowing when you can walk up to them and when you can't. Right, but like this week, I did a walkthrough during the USAC races when we were live on Dirt Vision, and every driver was willing to talk to me. So I, I don't have any. I would share it if I did. I, none come to mind of someone that just is, you know, a pain in the ass to, to interview. No one. I mean, I can get around them. I feel like that comes with time, though. Like if that if there are certain drivers that were a pain ten years ago, that really would have been a thorn in my side. But now it's kind of like you get to the point where you, you know how to work around it. Right. You, you got, you know, your drivers and know, okay, this is a question that I can ask this guy at this time. So none really come to mind of someone that, Oh man, I cannot stand interviewing Jason Carter. Cause I know he's going to be a pain in the ass right now. I'll give you the Jack Hewitt style interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn right. I got time for an interview. We don't have those moments anymore. No guys <laughs> are too PC anymore. Have to be. I mean, it's too, it's too dependent on sponsors anymore. Right. Especially, especially at that level, there, yeah, yeah. We, absolutely. We, we get we get a few guys that uh, state their opinions uh, on Jason yeah, I mean, Victory Lane. <laughs> you absolutely do, but yeah, at the big level, at the top levels of sport, I mean, with the outlaws, most of those guys are going to bite their tongue because having that, you know, two hundred thousand dollars sponsor on the car is what enables them to be where they are. It enables them to get up and down the road. They lose that sponsor, then there's maybe a chance that they're out of a ride. So. Most of those guys are pretty, pretty politically correct. I mean, it's obviously they're going to show more emotion than the NASCAR guys. I mean, I think my interview here at King's Royal with Brad Sweet was very evident of that. It, it showed what it meant to them. But at the end of the day, they're not going to call out many, but many people unless they really, really deserve it. Danny Dietrich's one that will call. I always appreciate Danny because he is not scared to call somebody out. So I, I saw your the video at King's Royal that you shared. Um, did you get any of those Victory Link photos? I need to. I need to get with DB3. I, I, I emailed another buddy that's a photographer there. And he said he was on the other side of Victory Lane, so he didn't get to. But to tape Pyro looks like he caught some pretty cool ones. And I, I was telling my parents, I need to get better at getting photos and, and buying a couple of Victory Lane photos and having the guy sign it. It's more so a keepsake because, I mean, you, as bad as it sounds, you never know what can happen. And right. I think uh, that's my world certainly changed on August 7, 2016. But, uh, that was kind of my calling to like, holy cow, these guys are fearless. I mean, they are laying it all out there. So I, I need to get those pictures like with Brad. That's cool. I've known Brad a long time and his journey's cool. So that's certainly one that I'll, I'll be purchasing and getting Brad to sign in. Whether I file it away in a, in a book or 
put it in a frame and hang it. Certainly, whenever I get a man cave, that's that's one that'll go on the wall. They were pretty cool with Brad. Well, no, like so. My question was, did you get any of the ones where you were actually in the back behind when you're walking in? Oh, and then you, and yeah. then you had to turn around, like, oh, hang on, got to shimmy out. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, a couple people tagged me, and it was like, I didn't, uh, I didn't see any pictures where I was in the picture though. Of before I realized that, holy cow, I'm going to be in Brad's Victorian celebration. Right. One of those where I was like walking up, thinking, okay, he's up there jumping around. I'm going to go into my interview, and then I realized, oh, he is still celebrating. So I'm going to back it on up and let him finish his celebration here. No, I didn't see any where I was actually in his celebration though. Outside of when his crew guy came up and poured, poured a drink on him, which was pretty fun. Have you been sprayed with the champagne? I've been sprayed with champagne before, absolutely. That stuff burns. It does. It. There's a reason that, that they wear goggles after the World Series now. That gets your eyes and it burns. Well, I think when you're celebrating, though, it doesn't really bother you because, I mean, they're, you're so happy. But when you're, when you're doing victory lane, you're obviously happy for the guy that won, but... Champagne in the eye is not fun. And then you're like, man, I got to drive home. Smell like booze here. <laughs> yeah, I get, <laughs> That's I'll my biggest concern is getting pulled over on the way home. Yeah, I announced races and they sprayed champagne on me. And like, yeah, likely excuse. Okay, step out of your car. And, th- and then you blow. It's like, wow, I don't get it. This guy reeks the champagne, <laughs> but he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, blew, he blew zero. zero. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't lying to me. So you did touch on it a little bit there from uh, what happened in August 2016 with, of course, Brian Clausen. Yep. Uh, we worked, I worked very closely with BC. I know Steve did as well when he came out to the West Side, drove for uh, Mike Martin Racing out here. Yep. Um, talk about your relationship with him. Uh, you know, I kind of was perusing through your Facebook, doing the old stocking and whatnot, and, you know, saw photos of you out there as a uh, first Indy 500 that you started, caught him at the hotel yep. and stuff like that. Uh, was he always a friend? Were you always a fan or what? Like, how was the relationship uh. with uh, Clausen? He was a friend. I mean, Brian was my roommate when I when I lived with you when I worked for USAC. So when I got Brian was big on getting my foot in the door with USAC, honestly, and them me kind of landing that job when they needed an announcer or the internship per se. And when I got it, he was like, "Well, you got a room here at the house." So I lived with Brian summer 2011, and he became a very very good friend. We talked quite often, and uh, that was uh, certainly the hardest day of my life. That those couple of days. I mean, I can. I can tell you exactly where I was when I found out Brian crashed. I could get you within five feet of the parking lot that I was standing in where a buddy texted me too, you know, where, when I got the call on the morning that, Hey, you know, he's not going to make it. That was, uh, those couple days in mid August, three years ago were they were a living hell. That's for sure. And, but I cherish all the memories I had with him. I mean, we had some, we had some good times, we had some good trips and obviously he was a badass behind the wheel. I, uh, he, I miss watching. I miss my friendship with him more than anything. But I certainly miss watching him wheel a race car. He could get in anything and make it go forward. Favorite Brian race that you called? <sighs> Putnamville Midget Week 2011. I think that's probably one of the best races I've ever seen. It was him, um, him and Brad Coon and Kyle Larson battling for 40 laps, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Brian on the white flag lap. Brian went into turn number three in third place a car length or two behind him and ripped the top and they were down towards the middle to bottom and brian ended up winning the race passed both of them off at turn number four now that one sticks out larson hadn't won his first usac race yet so that was gonna be his first usac win i think the next night is when he won he won at bloomington but that race forever sticks out or his all-star win his all-star wins up there too because that was his biggest wing race win right so that was that was pretty special Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, though. I mean, Brian back there. If I may dare say it, Brian back there was a different Brian than the Brian that you know, like I knew out here in the West. Because, 
you know, riding, you know, even when he was a Tony Stewart yeah, racing. Yeah, 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 you couldn't beat him. I mean, there was at Canyon, but, I was like, something yeah. else, but Brian, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Brian Wayne was good for me because I get to like post on social media about it because, you know, I do Mike's social media and stuff yeah. like that. So I knew it was going to be good. I was like, man, I kind of wish somebody else would win here. You know? That was like, <laughs> give these guys a chance. Canyon was like his ATM. I mean, he yeah, with him and Brian made him take pictures with him, you know, and, I think so. and, and you know, my son's like, I don't need another picture with you. And he's like, you're getting one anyway, you know, um, but that I mean, but, but even, but even like when, uh, what was that Vegas race we went to and he, yeah, when he won from, uh, when he did another, just here, yep, out of turn four, Jason didn't call that. We yep. were just there as fans. And I mean, yeah, it was just amazing yep. to watch him run. Absolutely. So. Beating all uh, Stevie Sussex and Brady Bacon. I say yeah. it was Brady Bacon, right? That he had a turn four there and yep. 100 feet to pull that win out, and he, and he did it. So, um, yeah, so I mean, in a nutshell, he was good with fans. Yeah, and I, that's what I love about hearing the stories from you guys that knew him, you know, back there. Because, like I said, out here, I always, I always called him a different Brian out here just because, like you said, he just dominated when he got out here and I, I almost made it look effortless. <laughs> he was something. I mean, I can remember my last conversation with him at Knoxville Raceway before he left to go to Belleville. He ran the prelim night at Knoxville on Thursday, and he, he ran, like, second or third that night. He was good because I remember he was seventh in points after he was going to start seventh in the Saturday night future and decided to stay down at Belleville, but uh, – he was just so good with the fans. He, and I think that showed after he passed because there are so many fans that didn't know him personally, but felt like they did with just one interaction with him in the pit area. Definitely. He had a lasting touch on people, but uh, that's, uh, yeah, as I said, there's not, not too many days that go by that I, uh, I don't miss him. And I get up to Noblesville and stop by the grave every once in a while and set a Coke out for him. Cause I know he appreciates that, but man, I, I sure do miss that guy. Um, have you, on, on a similar note, I, I don't mean to stay somber here, but have you ever had a call a race where, um, you know, tragedy yeah. struck? I've really, you know, I mean, we, we've, yeah. been, we've been involved in accidents where, you know, guys have been okay, but it's been close, but never anything on that other side. So how, how, uh, tell us a little bit about that. It's, it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, one was a stock car race and then another was, I was in the booth during it. We were calling sprint cars in the midget racing at Knoxville and Chad McDaniel passed and it's like, it's certainly not easy. It's it's something you never want to have to experience again because trying to, as an announcer, it's like you got to follow the fine line and you can't just openly say, hey, this guy passed. He, he didn't make it. You know, you got to let them go through their due diligence and all that comes along with the guy passing away. So I work in open wheel racing and it'll probably happen again. I hate to say that, but yeah. that's, uh, I think that's what makes these guys even more badass and we even really think they are is as I said earlier, they're literally stopping and, and just hanging it all out there every single night, whether it's for $2,000 or $175,000. Gosh, that's a pretty payday, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> every time I see that purse, I'm just like, yeah. what the heck? Like, really? Um, how cool is that power, the, uh, that cell phone show they did oh, out there? That was cool. Wade Onger that works over in Australia and comes over for Knoxville Nationals, he brought that to Knoxville a couple years ago. But it's it's cool at Eldora because Knoxville is either they're on the front stretch or the back stretch. Eldora they're kind of all encompassing. They wrap around the racetrack, so it was much more like they had a much bigger wow factor at Eldora, and it's it's cool. I know they they do that at Kinnick Stadium at the night games, and it's always pretty cool there too as well because it's all the way around the stadium. But when you got twenty four guys rolling around the racetrack, getting ready to do battle for one hundred and seventy five grand, and they say it's cool, they see the cell phone lights. I think that shows really how cool it is. I've been wanting to get something like that out at the. 
Arizona's here yeah. for like the Western world, you know, like yeah, when we, our, our bigger shows, like, yeah. come on guys, we're just like, well, what's a cell phone like out here? Um, <laughs> a little bit of a different crowd out here. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, de- definitely not as, um, that is one thing about back where you are compared to out here is, man, the fans out there are into it, it all the time from when they roll out onto the track and, you know, to gosh, till the end. So we're in the heart of it. That's for sure. I mean, it's, it's Indiana, it's the Midwest, it's big. So, how close were you to the fight? Yes, that, that happened Saturday night. Big uh, question. Uh, that was in turn three. I was on the. I was kind of by victory lane. I was actually in victory lane. Oh. And tonight's like, there's a fight. Like, Holy cow! And then he's like, I get up to the booth. He's like, oh, hey, sorry for interrupting you there. Like, no, no, there's a fight. It's much more important than whatever the hell I was talking about. Right, burning no. up time. I'm just killing a sponsor real quick. Uh, yeah, there's a fight <laughs> on the back stretch. Hey, let's go to that. If there's any type of fight, you interrupt and say something. Have you seen any good fights on the racetrack you've had to announce? Uh, that's been one that stands out. I can't think of the last time I saw a fight on the racetrack. I love it. We need that. I haven't seen like a good fight fight. That one was pretty good though. I I haven't really seen a really good one. I I haven't seen it where like both drivers are out of the car and like going at it. Like that 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 one was was a good one. That was both drivers. And did we ever find out like, no, we were we were at Arizona, uh, we were at USA Raceway, and it came across Twitter, and I was like, Jason's like in the middle of calling a race, and I'm like trying to inter- interrupt him to show him the, the clips. Yeah, you ruined my last lap caller from the Sport Mods, by the way. Thanks, because I was yeah, like, I'm you never even, see this. I'm not even sure what started. I asked Skyler that was in the fight, and he wasn't sure what the other guy Parker was mad about. So. I don't think we'll ever know. I know. Like we were trying to break it down, like from our standpoint, it's like, well, cause you know, we're listening to the broadcast and like Johnny's like, I don't know. Like what's why they're fighting. I don't, I didn't see anything right there. I was like, he's probably just mad. He doesn't have a chance to 175 grand now. Well, and then, <laughs> yeah, and, well, that was the thing. And then the world of outlaws Twitter page, like broke down, like the things leading up to it. And it's like, they weren't even together at any point during this. So like, it's almost like what, what the heck just happened? So it, it, yeah, but no, we don't, you know, I mean, we've had a few fights out here, but nothing, nothing like that. Like you said, nothing, get, nobody where everybody gets out of the car. Are you in your car right now? Blake? It's like, speaking of cars, what? My six thousand on the bigger ones I've seen. No. No. What was that background noise? Are you in the car right now? No, I was getting ready to head out here. We got to head to Chicago here tonight and we're going to the White Sox game. So, no, the, the watch out the extended netting. Let me know how that is. <laughs> yes, I will. I'll be sure to say, be sure to put something. Yeah, we we were just having a long conversation about that on another uh, thing that we do here about it. I was complaining about it. So let us know your perspective since you'll be there. Yeah, I can do that. All right. So real quick, driver wise, uh, who are some of the drivers that you looked up to? Oh man, I, growing up, I always liked Sammy. I don't really know why. I think it's because he was kind of just different. He did things his own way. Uh, Scott Bloomquist is always my favorite late model driver. Once again, because of that, because he did things his own way and didn't really care what anyone thought. Oh, I mean, Scott Bloomquist driving down Ironwood and his late model here during <laughs> the uh, Wild West shootout was definitely pretty cool. <laughs> then on a local level, like back home modifieds, Adam Larson was always my favorite. His dad was a, a legend in IMCA modified racing, Wayne Larson. And Adam was always, he was always my favorite growing up. That's, uh, that's probably easily one of my favorite race car drivers of all time. I don't even know why I, I picked him as my favorite, but uh, he's one that, was always one I rooted for every week. Always had a shirt on. There you go. So looking at the uh, all-star uh, sprint car schedule here, uh, what's next on the uh, horizon for you? We head to Plymouth, Wisconsin tomorrow, and then Jackson Motorplex in Jackson, Minnesota on Friday, Knoxville Raceway Saturday, and 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Iowa on Sunday, and then we're off for, for two weeks. And the points battle, uh, pretty good little points battle there. My boy from Clute, Texas, Aaron Reitzel, showing the way right now. Yeah, he's on fire. 
Yeah, we saw him win a outlaw race out of Paris earlier this year. Uh, yep. Always, always kind of liked Aaron uh, being a Texas guy. He's always been one of those guys I kind of went to. Uh, yeah, he's he's fast. They got something figured out. I mean, they are a contender every single night. So, who are some of the drivers to look forward to uh, coming up from the stretch here? I'm excited to see the Knoxville guys. I mean, guys like Brian Brown, Terry McCall, they're always fun to watch and, and see what our guys can do against them. I mean, we got some fast young guys this season, so it'll be exciting to see how we can size up against the Knoxville regulars here on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because that's, that's pretty much who we're going to be against with great car counts all week long. Yeah, we've got some PA uh, infusion coming up to Knoxville as well this year, so that's going to be fun yeah. to watch. That's going to be interesting to see how the posse can do against the, the Knoxville guys and really the rest of the country. Do, do you like cheer? Are you like cheering on the Knoxville guys there? Are you cheer for the posse guys? Like what, what's your stance on that? I'll cheer for the guys at home, the Knoxville guys. I get to be racing that week. So I'll be rooting for our Knoxville regulars. That's what, we can get more cars in the A-Main than the posse. That's why I like being out in Arizona. I'm always like, come on posse, get them. <laughs> <laughs> the posse is fun though. They're a good group of people. They're definitely fun to uh, party with. Hung out with some guys yeah, over there in the little beer hill gang. Whew. They, they put it down. They do. So, Blake, have fun in Chicago tonight. Uh, thanks for hopping on. We'll definitely uh, look forward to uh, getting you on at some point in the near future. Hopefully get you out to Arizona for a few races. I know we got uh, a few big races coming up later on in the year and all that jazz, but uh, where can the fans find you out on the old uh, social medias? At Blake Anderson on Twitter, Instagram at BTAnderson1, and that's where I usually hang out. That's, that's, uh, I'm on Twitter quite often. Yep, still has not followed me yet. So <laughs> oh, hint, hint. Followings per year. That's, I usually try to keep it limited, and I haven't followed very many people. That's uh, on the to-do list once I get through Knox We interact so much, and he has yet to follow me. Me too. Uh, such I appreciate a pain. you guys having me on. <laughs> for, for Jason, by the way, that's like you could you could kill his puppy, and he would be less sad than somebody not following him on Twitter. So, Well, I was like, I mean, I've known him for five <laughs> years now. Heck. <laughs> like, come on, where's my rub? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like begging for it. Yep. <laughs> no, man, we appreciate you coming on, dude. It was great talking to you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Have fun. All right. We'll see you later. Missed the race this past weekend? No worries. You can catch up on all the door banging, slide job throwing action at GestaltProduction.com. Gestalt Production specializes in race videos, but is also looking to help your small business grow. For more information, visit GestaltProduction.com and subscribe to their YouTube page. So that was Blake Anderson. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter at Blake Anderson. How lucky did he get to where he just got his actual name on Twitter? It's, yeah. Like there's no other Blake Anderson's. Like he was the first Blake Anderson to say, boom. I'm like, getting a Twitter. I'm go on Twitter. Because I got the zero three. Well, looking, well, how many Stephen McCollum's are out there? Enough. Were there a lot? Yeah, yeah. You can't just go Stephen McCollum. Well, I don't want to do that anyway because people can't spell my last name and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, Sam has a hard time spelling her last name when I give her the password for, uh, <laughs> to get to get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> the um. Yeah, it's yeah. So I wouldn't want to do. That. I mean, Anderson is pretty easy. So, but well, I'm looking right now, and there's no, you know, how you type it in. So I just typed in Blake. Blake Anderson. Anderson. Let's see here. I'm just curious how that's there. We got to do do do. See if we get any more. Oh yeah, there's five or six of them. Well, he was the lucky one. Just get Blake Anderson. Well, they're all not I, even Blake. I, you know, they're all. Oh, there's a Blake Anderson 24. See, I meant to ask him about that. I like how we promote. I like how we're promoting Blake Anderson 24. Yeah, follow that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, just regular Blake Anderson. That's and especially for being 
I mean, I'm going to call him high profile, but you know, um, you know, a well-known announcer on a national circuit. It's it's even more surprising, right? Yeah. Does Al Michaels have his own Twitter? Or is he like Al Michaels twelve? I don't know. I'm pretty sure Al Michaels probably buys on Twitter, right? <laughs> if you no, because people charge more when you're more famous. That's the problem. I can still get it, right? <laughs> I want this. But who's out there like, really? Okay. I don't know. There's somebody else that said, I want Jason Carter 03. I'm like, all right, how much you want to pay? <laughs> like, here you go. It's well, all yours, buddy. Oh, yeah, because Jason Carter, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, no, it's amazing. There's, you know, it's amazing how many. That's the thing is, remember when you're a kid and you're like, man, there's no other McCollums in the world unless they're my family, you know, and then you like right. get on the internet and you're like, oh my God, there's 800,000 of so us many. out here. <laughs> like, what the heck? All same name, you know, so. But yeah. no, great interview. Uh, you got any takeaways from it? Um, no, it's, just, I mean, well, of course, I always take something away, but no, it's, you know, it's uh, exciting to get his viewpoint because the racing you know, what he does and the racing that he sees is so much different than, you know, the regional racing we see out here. And he even talked about it, how the West Coast is a whole different style than what he's used to. Right. And things like that. So that's just, it's, it's always good to see that because, you know, you watch the videos and, you know, things for racing in Indiana and it's, it's like a completely different world. And that's kind of, I felt like, you know, what we're talking about also, you know, with Knoxville, you know, the PA posse is going to Knoxville yeah. where I feel like, I mean, I'm pulling for the posse, but I think Knoxville is just going to wax them. We're, yeah, I mean, we're I, here, though. You got CRA in Southwest. When, like, CRA, you know, Southwest, we got the 410s, but the national guys come here. Yeah. It's not like the national guys are going to wax them. I mean, yeah, I mean, usually the cream rises to the top, yes, but these, you know, our local guys are holding their own out there on the racetrack, and we've seen it time and time again yeah, over absolutely. the years when these national guys come in. So, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting to, you, you know. You think that has a lot to do with the track, though, because our guys know the tracks, like the back of their hands and those guys. I mean, it could be that, in. too, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it's just different. But, I mean, the cream does rise to the top. And we saw last year Tyler Courtney and Justin Grant put on a hell of a show during yes. the uh, Western World last year. So it'll be interesting. Fun to uh, get going. I'm, I'm definitely excited about the uh, second half of the season as uh, we are dark this weekend. Uh, most tracks, all tracks. Not a race Everybody's going dark. on. Yes. Well, mud bugs. Yeah, we got mud bugs. Sorry, not happening. Yes. Um, I, I forgot all about the mud box. I ain't going to lie. Uh, realized it, realized it uh, a little bit ago that that's going on this weekend. So there's something going on a track. If you're into that, the sand drags and mud box, which is a fun event if you're into that type of thing. And then back to racing. Oh no. And then most people, we're all dark for the next three weeks, aren't we? Four yeah. Weeks? We're all dark for a few weeks there. And then, uh, August 4th, 17th, 17th excuse me, USA Raceway. We are back in Tucson. Week after that, we're back at Arizona Speedway. So 24th. And that'll be a good show on the 24th. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, getting back out there at the uh, the old home track. Dude, Jonah, the other day, if I may. Uh, Depends. <laughs> well, he's like, hey, how'd your uh, batteries hold up in the uh, microphone? I was like, oh, they were good. He's like, oh, I just bought some batteries. So he brings me this whole thing of batteries. He's like, yeah, keep some here. I was like, I'm not going to keep half the batteries here to just sit in the heat in the thing, you know, so I'll take them with me. So I have like a Costco-sized thing of batteries in my backpack, and it's just like weighing me down, man. Like, How many... What are they? Double A? Triple A? Yeah, double A's. Yeah, double A's. So it's like a 50 pack. Yeah. With double A's. That's like, geez. Yeah, we never have issues with mics going down because of batteries. I did see the red light pop on oh, did you? a few times. That's why, you know, he asked me if the batteries held up because I needed some last race because I was going to change yeah. them. But. So since we're talking uh, behind the scenes stuff here. So USA Raceway on the 17th, because I'll forget, we need to tell them in the driver's meeting to pull to the right, to toward turn one of the on flag, the flag stand. stand. Yeah. Not on the other side because... Uh, all the fans 
it's it's me complaining now, but the fans are going to complain also. Doing the video? Yeah, that they, they go on the flag stand side and then we can't and, pick it up. And, and you so. know, I try to drag them over and I look up. I always I look up at Riley to see like if I'm in like good, you know, well, headshot here. Well, like you did good like on the Hornets, you know, when you were doing all that. And then with PJ... You stood right where a pole went, you know, like yeah. where the fence pole. But that went, I just so, was going yeah. off and grabbing him. But no, but other than that, you were fine. But um, yeah, no, it just just a little internal thing. So when you watch the videos on the victory lane, you'll hear it. You won't necessarily see a driver on a couple of them, but we'll work on that for you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely check out Gestalt Bending Production. The, uh, the, the curtain back for you. Um, yes. so there was, uh, I don't know if anything got announced, but uh, some things on the horizon, uh, coming up. As uh, also looking ahead to next year. Already, I guess you can say the Wild yes. West Shootout promo which will is out. be held at uh, Arizona Speedway. Um, I know there was a, a great meeting today with uh, Jason Babbitt and Chris Kearns. Yes, uh, so we'll definitely have to get Kearns on the show or something like that. But they're talking about you know what's coming up uh, in 2020 and beyond with Wild West Shootout. So uh, make sure you like that page over there at Wild West Shootout. Yeah, they did the promo with uh, was that Dirt on Dirt? Oh, the promo out. I didn't see the yeah drop. promo drop. came out yesterday. Oh, nice. uh, spectacularly done, uh, focusing on how cold it is everywhere else, and they need to watch this race. So because it's um, going to be hot. I guess it's the biggest yep, uh, right pay-per-view event on uh, for Dirt on Dirt for the whole year. Yeah, I, that would make sense because all the guys in the Midwest, what are you going to watch yeah. when it's snowing up in Minnesota, Indiana, yeah. Chicago, Iowa, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, we get closer to that. We'll bring those guys on and uh, discuss that fun stuff with them. And uh, it's always a great event. I didn't make it last year for reasons we won't discuss on air. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's always a great show and... Uh, those guys put on a great show on that, so absolutely. Oh, I love how they added. We talked about there in the interview with Blake about the uh, Scott Bloomquist going down yes. to Ironwood. They actually added the Ironwood uh, footage. Yes, but so, uh, it was great. It was great promo. I'm mean, get just hyped up. What are we six months out, and they're already starting to push that up. And um, I, on a side note, be another behind the currents thing. I ran into Babiak and his crew for the uh, KNX birthday bash with Tim McGraw, Midland, and and those guys, and. Uh, you know, he's back in Canada and Indiana and for Sprint Week and all that you stuff. If so, was around? I know. So I'm now the <laughs> like, I'm the go between on between those two now. No, we were talking about Paris and all that stuff. So um but yeah, no, I mean they've been working on it. Uh I know Babiak's been working on it and, and all that stuff for last couple of weeks and, and really putting a lot of thought into it is, is more of my point there. Um, you know, and all that good stuff. So uh events like uh this do not just pop up out of the blue oh no definitely no and you can tell i mean every year they put on a great uh show uh for the fans that are in the stands also uh dirt on dirt they do an awesome job uh with the event as well so it's uh, definitely one of those uh things that's just a uh, fun time to be at the track especially you get what six days or six races in eight days i mean you're out there and it's literally like one big family down there in the pits i mean got a chance to walk through the pits uh, a little bit last year with a lot of these drivers just uh you know, finally, you know, starting the season off, even though the off season was short, you yes. know, it's like, heck yeah, racing again. It's like, yeah. you guys literally just took off, you know, like a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing about it. A lot of those, a lot of those shows move, you know, move tracks. And that's the nice thing about it. And, uh, on there is they stay at one track. So the guys are just pitted. Yeah. They're hanging out there. They're out of town. They're just hanging out in the pits. I saw somebody uh, asking for like yes. a, a modified type deal where it's yes. like, Oh, would you get a tour? It's like, no, that just doesn't work. Like I wish. So here's like my thing. I know we do like the modified tour out here in January, which I got to call last year. Awesome. Can't wait to call it again next year. Uh, would love to call the Wild West shootout. You know, that'd be cool if, you know, but they like bringing in Ruben to fill my <laughs> microphone. That's cool. Uh, but um, 
We'll have him on the show next week. Uh, Ruben Morales. We keep it. We keep asking Ruben to come on. Well, now now he's off the dirt car tour, so it's going to be dynamite next week. I'm going to send him a text right now. We'll get him on. Uh, keep up with our announcer. Yeah. Who else do you want? We get Scott yeah. Batten on here. Sure. We can get- you want to you interview me? I yeah, I'll I mean, I'll do two you. of the tracks here. I don't know. Yeah, I'll interview. I'll, yeah. All right, let's, let's do, that. do that. Next week, yes. Steven's going to interview me the on guy, the Race of Jason podcast. The guy, the guy that knows Jason the best. <laughs> I don't know how well this is going to go. There we go. We're gonna, you want to talk about <laughs> bending the curtain back. There you go. Next week, the curtain's getting bent back. I like it. Pull, type up your questions. Get oh, it answered out. Oh, I go. have questions. Oh, I have questions. But no, I think, uh, look ahead, man. We got to see if we can get like a sprint car tour out here. Because yeah, they do, they do I mean, California Sprint Week. Like, I'd like to do well, an Arizona Sprint Week. That's Well, that's the thing, though, is the sprint cars wrap. That's that weird thing. is like modifieds. The IMCAs, you know, are all wrapping up their seasons now. Like, they they stopped their point system and, you know, now in, you know, August. Right. Uh, you know, so they're, they're beginning of their season. They have they basically, even though they race, you know, uh, they still will race through November out here. But they're not really racing for anything, per se, for points-wise or whatnot. Whereas the sprint cars... Because Super mean, Nationals is coming up. Yeah, I mean, sprint cars, they roll through here. And then, you know, then you got uh, natural Oval Nationals and stuff going into November. So, I mean, they're racing pretty late. Um, you'd have to, you know, I'm, I, I don't know anything about it. I'm I don't know when, when, yeah, I don't know when you could do you'd it. You'd have to push it back February, March, right? And then I think you did something in March, right? Yeah, absolutely. Probably think, like start off. I mean, what you got a two day show at Canyon, usually March around NASCAR weekend, started off yes, there. Yeah. Then you could roll from there, hit up, uh, you know, central Arizona speedway. Are you saying you USA it? raceway Shh. and all out here need, at ET? All we need is a promoter to do it. Well, there we go. Well, I got to talk to several promoters before I do it. So. <laughs> Well, but I know, but you know, you need. Are you gonna be in charge? Is gonna be Gestalt Production Sprint Week? I'm game for that. You know, Let's you do know, it. you know my deal. To I want, we want to get involved in that stuff. So, but then it's like, do we go wing or wingless? Both. Both. There you go. I like it. ASCS and USAC bringing it up. Let's do it. Both. Both yeah, I mean, it, you know, it'd be one of those. Well, because you, you know. Well, the question, and I don't know the answer to this, right? Is as we're spitballing in here, um, is. You would go non-sanctioned, right? Just just have guys come out and run their cars, because then you can get ASCS, you can get Power Eye, you could yeah. get all that stuff. You just have the engine requirement. Yeah, like you want to make it a points deal or anything like, like that. You, you can just say, "Hey, look, that's like, what I mean. Like, the race is you know classified. Well, whatever, guys come but for that because I know a lot of the IMCA guys won't run I mean, unsanctioned. If you put up enough money on it, that's true. Oh, that's true. It's only money. Cash I, talks, baby. I forget. It's only money. Only money. So we'll see what we can do on that. So if you were Brad Sweet today, and you cashed a hundred seventy-five thousand dollar check for winning. I mean, that makes your season, right? Yeah, but he still races. I'd quit. <laughs> I'd be tired. You'd be tired <laughs> for the year. I'd be see, tired see for the next year. year. Well, didn't he just win like another big race a few yeah, weeks ago won, too? Yeah, he's won a couple like, of those he, big money things. That's so. the thing. Like, I feel like every year these guys who like you know go out and win Kings Royal, they also win you know like the other $30,000 payday yeah. or the $50,000 payday. It's always the same guy where you're like Brady Bacon, that guy, he like lines up all these big yeah. races and he just wins, wins, wins. And it's like, man, you're done. Your season's done. But Who you, cares what happens for you? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> but, that, but that's what I mean. They're still going to race because they love racing, right. but I mean, it takes no, you have no pressure to go win that local, but you made your money for the year. Yeah. That's like, what I mean. You, you don't, you don't have any pressure to go win that local race to keep, you know, the lights on or whatever. Right. Who, who was that one guy when we went last year and we went to a shop, um, the Steve Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, he was telling me how much he made in a year, one year, like his highest grossing year. And I mean, he, 
he was more than some professional athletes that year. Yeah. Because he and, and all it was was he stacked those big show. He won every big dollar show that year. Um, you know, and he calls it pure luck, of course. But yeah, and that's um, what I mean, we talked with uh, Rico Abreu on the show earlier this year, and he was saying, "No, I'm going to go out and hit all these big money shows. Like I'll do the races that are out here locally. Now go down and do whatever. But my main goal is I want to do these big shows because I want those. Like I'm not going to put too much yeah. time and effort into winning." 3k down the road when i can go travel you know 10 hours and win 20k yeah and, that, and that's what i mean you know it's that's what I, that's all i meant by with, with him is he's like man when's the next big money show you know right but you know you still you don't want to go tear up your equipment on a little on a little you know on a smaller show i guess i should say but um i mean we we've had this but of course a lot he is an outlaw driver so he travels a series and whatever the outlaws do is really not dinky donkey shows you know like Running, oh, a, yeah. running a Tuesday night at some track in Indiana is a lot bigger than running a Saturday night most places. So. Well, exactly. When it's the so, roll of all, so. Yeah. I mean, it's got to keep the lights on, that's for sure. Well, his lights are definitely staying on for the next few years, I feel like. I think, think he's good right there. I <laughs> think the yeah, lights are he's on. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> He'll be fine. Uh, we, though, we got to go hit those big shows because we have a long break, and uh, we go find something <laughs> for know, our big payday. <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say this, but like it hit me like last week, and I was like, why aren't we at the Nationals in Boone? Like it just hit me. Like last week, I was like, "Why don't you just pack up the car and go?" Like I know hotel rooms are hard to find and stuff, but we can adapt on that. We know enough people, and or I'm willing to drive every day to the racetrack. And I was like, "Why? Why not? Why don't we ever do that?" I don't know. I've always wanted to go Super Nationals. That's always been like a big thing of mine. It's a big party, and, and we know people there. That's the yeah, thing. like we know it. Like there's our races to go. Like yeah, <laughs> like we should go. We always right. hit up these other shows. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like the modified guys feel like you don't give them any love. Well, because we don't. Yeah, but we tr- we try. I we've been doing that. You, you follow the Gestalt Production Facebook page. We're doing before race interviews and after, and I've I featured the modifieds the last last couple of weeks, and I included the bombers last week because bombers are growing on me, you know, and um, uh, you know, and so we're we're starting to get into that. I mean, you know, you besides since you hate the modifieds, I, I do I'm not at least hate trying- the modifieds. <laughs> Do not problems. think that I do not hate the modifieds. <laughs> I'm we've, had to modif- you, modifieds. we've had modified guys on the show, and <laughs> you know a lot of these guys are just not good interviews. It's a um, different crowd. It's a different crowd. You're not you're not as polished. Well, no, but we but there are some out there that are. So you know, don't say, oh, he said we're just a yeah. Local. I mean, Chaz Chaz Baca Chaz Baca Chaz uh, Baca Junior has been great when I've talked to him down the pit. So it's Kelsey. Yeah, we've had him on Kelsey the show. Foley, we, yeah, we've I had mean, Chase Alves on the show. Did a little uh, track thing. I, I haven't mean, had a sit down in studio thing, but that's and we're and we're playing with that where like I do the you know I go talk to the drivers because there's limited time. You know, like especially at USA Raceway, I have a hard time. Oh, you got getting 60, to the pits. Eight steps you got to work down, well, and then I have to like talk to these drivers. And then it's funny too because now they know I'm coming. So like at first it was just like oh the track you know like oh tracks this that blah 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 and now it's like I get this whole elaborate story from them you know like they're ready for me when I show up you know it's like oh man we've been working hard on our car and you know it's like well I got gotta hurry just give me the highlights you know so I can get this up and running so um, but we're working on that stuff to you know bring the behind the scenes during the race out there for guys and things like that. And we've got positive feedback. So definitely keep the feedback coming on that stuff. And Jason enjoys it because he gets to use it in, in his interviews and in victory lane and uh, at the track also. So it's pretty neat. Yes, I do enjoy it. I also enjoy all your race fans for listening. Make sure you follow uh, Gestalt Production on uh, Facebook at Gestalt Production. Also hit up Steve on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at smack 500 and yes i know there's some criticizing early on i don't do enough racing on twitter i've slowly started changing that but you will get other stuff on there you're getting criticized on twitter. I, some people were like well i don't have race i didn't have racing with jason like you and people were like i thought this was a racing account but i had two people actually 
talk to me in person and be like, I thought you'd do more racing on Twitter. See, I try to tone back my racing. Because I got, I got a new job at the sports station. Oh, yeah. Local, yeah, 15A, yeah, the yeah, Fanatic. Yeah. So well, I, tried, yeah. I tried to tone back my racing, even though we are the home of NASCAR over there at the Fanatic. I tone it back because, like, what happens is you get in this box. If people yeah, think you're a racing guy, stuff, you're just yeah. a racing guy. Yeah. Like, I, I had that going through, like, trouble in school in Chicago. I was like, oh, this guy doesn't always talk about when it comes to football and baseball because he's just a racing guy. No, to hear some yokel talk football. <laughs> it's like, mother effer. No, I'm more than a racing guy. Well, like, for a national <laughs> thing, I get it. But I mean, we do different stuff. You want to listen to our regular sports stuff. You have the main event podcast. So I yes. mean, we have, we have, that's why we split it up. But um, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I do racing stuff on Twitter, but I, I cover Twitter's my everything where I just cover everything and usually pick fights with Bruce St. James and stuff. Uh, apparently. Ferris Bueller yeah. report. <laughs> yes, apparently. Um, um, you know, my Instagram is more for like my pictures and, and things like that. And then my Facebook is kind of a hodgepodge of everything. And then the Gestalt page is whatever we're working on at the time. So I kind of split it up a little bit and, you know, but you know, you get to know them through the social media. So you learn stuff about them, you know? So when you do go talk to them, you know, like our buddy Bruce Sipes, you know, the bombers, you know, he's getting a new sponsor every every two hours it seems like and everything you get to learn about it and get to go talk to him about yeah we gotta it, go so. talk to some of these local businesses <laughs> aj that he keeps talking to him gotta get some sponsorship on this thing we gotta go down to queen creek and go to that uh, chicago place that he's got i'm sorry i can't promote it not because they don't pay us but because i don't remember the name of yeah, it i don't remember the name of it either. <laughs> maybe we'll try uh, do you want to give a big uh, shout out real quick uh we did lose someone this week um yes local ellen ellis uh, has passed away um Back in, I saw uh, Dean Mills post the video uh, from five years ago. It's been. Can you believe it's been the, that long? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, she got the ride in the uh, two seer for the Arizona Motorsports Hall of Fame, which With is also Leland. You know, gone, but uh, Leland uh, actually took her around. I was actually on the microphone during that, you which were? I didn't even recall, you know, until Dean put that. I was like, hey, there you go. That's my voice. So um, the picture lady is gone. Uh, Ellen Ellis, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody uh, involved in the whole family and all that stuff. Um, so sad to see, you know, super fans of sprint cars uh, gone, but uh, won't be forgotten. Definitely in the race community, which you uh, feel like you see that. And you definitely heard that earlier in Blake's interview with uh, Brian Clausen. So absolutely hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Uh, don't forget, follow me. I didn't shoot my stuff out at oh. Jason Carter, zero <laughs> three Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, next week, Steve will have the big interview <laughs> with yours truly. If if he doesn't big time us, we'll, we'll see. I might, I, might, I might have some appointments going on next week. I don't know. But uh, thank you for listening. God bless you. God bless the troops and God bless America.